You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody and welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i'm your host brent thomas thank you so much for being here with us and uh, being a part of what we're doing special thank you to all you out there who've been spreading the word about the show uh always meeting new listeners and it's just an honor and a pleasure and and we really appreciate all that uh all that advertisement you guys are giving us because word of mouth is the best kind of advertisement. So thank you all. And uh, remember, if you have an experiences of your own experiences, please give me uh, an email at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. And you too could be a guest on the show if you want to. Uh, I'd love to talk to you. And it's my favorite part of the show is doing shows where I talk to people who have had experiences. So there's no better, uh, no better uh, evidence than hearing from the people who experienced it. So, uh, But we got a fantastic show lined up for you guys. Um, we are welcoming Bullbuck, who is a, a, a gentleman who worked a career in the timber industry. And he's got some pretty incredible uh, things to share about things he's seen in the forest. So I hope you all are ready because this is going to be a good one. Welcome to the show, Bullbuck. Oh, thank you very much, Brent. Oh, it's my pleasure, and thanks for making this work. It's, uh, you know, I know you called into the live show the other night, and it was once I heard your story, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, would you like to do a <laughs> podcast? And, uh, you know, your stories are really incredible and some amazing things that, that you guys have experienced. So um, I'm really excited for you to share it with our podcast audience because I know they're going to love it. Yeah, you bet. So... Yeah. Take us on the journey, brother. What what did you what did you, what happened? Well, first of all, these uh, the other night when I called your show is the first time I ever shared any of these experiences, mm-hmm. and they I've kind of held them in for years. And uh, I started watching your show um, 
few months ago, and I thought, kept thinking to myself, I need to share this. And uh, and when I did, I was glad that I did it. But uh, anyways, I, I'm, I'm a retired logger. I worked in the woods for about 20 years. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, another thing, too, to get the stories out of these loggers is really hard because nobody really talks about it. But I, if, if, if a lot of them opened up, I know there'd be a lot of stuff that uh, we could learn because I know a lot of the people that uh, that I've worked with, a lot of people that I know have experienced things. They just don't talk about it. Oh, sure. I'll bet you're right. But uh, anyways, we uh, when, when we go to work, we, we're pretty much way up in the mountains, high altitude, way up in the timber, miles and miles from any nearest town. And uh, we go on logging roads for, they're just gravel roads. We travel them for miles and miles before we get to our, where our, our machinery and our equipment is sitting out. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And usually when we get to the job, it's dark because we start, we start logging right at daylight, actually before daylight. <clears throat> oh. And uh, we got to the, we got to the tower, which is the, it's a giant winch. Basically, it stands about 90 feet tall, has eight guy lines to hold it in place, hooked to, hooked to stumps. And then there's lines spanned across the canyon about uh, about a mile or a half a mile to a mile. And it's tail-holded to another stump across the canyon, and that's how we get the logs out. Wow. Well, and we have a sky car that rides on that skyline with a winch built into it. And it's about the shape of a pack of cigarettes if you set it on its side. Mm-hmm. Probably about uh, probably about half the size of a, of a vehicle, a car. Okay. So if you took a car and sat it on its side, that's kind of the side of it. Well, we got to the the landing where the where we land the wood where the machinery is sitting, and our sky car would be literally tipped over Ooh. and that would take an enormous amount of strength to tip this thing over. What do they weigh? So, and we, uh, what's that? What do they weigh? How much do they weigh? Oh, 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 probably 15. Oh, maybe, well, probably 10 ton. Oh, geez. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're very, very heavy. And, uh, so we got the land, it was tipped over, and the fuel was all spilt out. And we got to thinking, well, maybe it was either vandals or or environmentalists will come up a lot of times and uh, and uh, vandalize our equipment and try to do things to try to shut us down. Mm-hmm. But this happened three mornings in a row. And we were just, we were beside ourselves. We, we had no idea what this could have been. Right. There was no foot, no footprints, no, no, no tire tracks. Um, so anyways, we, we didn't really think too much of it. Everybody was wondering what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was the, uh, that was the start of some really weird things that started to happen. And okay. now, uh, now my job is clear when you span that line clear across the canyon in the very back end that's where i work at and i work by myself because i'm moving i'm setting up new patterns to move the lines over with blocks and and stuff and mm-hmm. uh, small haywire and uh i i was back there working by myself one time and 
well, many times actually, and and it was I'd get this strange. There'd be like a strange smell, mm-hmm. and just constantly like I was being watched. Now I've done this for twenty years, and I have never, never had these you know, feeling of being watched constantly. And I'm thinking to myself, where is this coming from? Yeah. And then, uh, start hearing this, uh, it's, it almost sounded like people talking mm-hmm. or like a, just, just a faint talk, you know, you, you can hear it. And, uh, the, the rigging crew, which are the guys that are setting the chokers, they would actually be, down in the bottom of the canyon between me and where our machinery sitting and they're so far away there's no way I could hear their voice and I'm sure. thinking to myself who would be down here <laughs> and so I kind of just went on with my job and and then I'd hear you know as far as having deer elk or even bear or a cougar around it would be impossible because I'm running my chainsaw Mm-hmm. And that scares anything away. But uh, I, I'd hear heavy footfall and and sticks cracking, stuff like that. And it was just strange. I'm thinking, who would be? Around? I'd actually, I'd actually go look around to see if maybe one of the state guys was down there inspecting our job or something. And mm-hmm. he hadn't been down there for weeks. And one one time, I had to string some haywire through this. Uh, through this rock pit, and I seen footprints that were probably three and a half to four feet spread between the prints, and they were walking in a straight line, like you said, like as if he was walking on a tightrope. Mm-hmm. And they weren't staggered. Now I, I know nothing that walks like that. Right. Yeah. And and if it was a bear, if it was a bear that was putting its back foot in the front print to make it look like a footprint, that would be impossible because that would be staggered also. Right, right. So uh, I didn't tell anybody any of this stuff, and, and I'm thinking this is getting really strange. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I had a... Uh, so, so, sometimes I would have one of the, one of the uh, choker setters if I had some really heavy work to do. I'd have one of them come back and help me. And I had this really, I had this kid, he was about 18 or 19, really good worker. Had him come back and I told him, you know, like we have these 80 pound blocks we have to carry. And I told him to take it down to my next stump that I was going to hang, hang the cable on. And he went down there, took the stump back and he was gone for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, where's he? I called his name out, called his name out. Finally, he came back up there, and he was acting really strange. Um, had you could just see fear in his face. Oh no! And uh, I, I asked him. I said, "What? What's wrong? Are you usually real talkative? What's going on?" He didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up quitting that day. And he didn't tell anybody why he quit. Or and and I haven't talked to him since because I I don't know where he ever went to. But we all thought that was kind of strange that he quit. Yeah. And I think he's seen something. I really do. Mm-hmm. After after all this, all the stuff I experienced, I got to thinking back, and I'm I'm almost positive he's seen something down there and didn't want to say anything. <laughs> Poor kid. Huh? But, uh, 
oh, I know. He was just, Brent, the fear in his face was, I mean, as soon as I looked at his face, I knew, I knew something happened. Yeah. Because it was so obvious. Oh, man. And uh, I kept these, these voices that I was hearing were like, they were kind of like, like a, if you heard someone speaking in a foreign language at a distance, mm-hmm. it was kind of like that, but it was low, like a really low, uh, just a really low voice. And then I'd, I'd hear these grunts. Um, wow. The only way I could explain it would be like, have you seen the movie Lord of the Rings? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Remember when they were fighting that troll? Oh, in, yeah. in Fellowship of the Ring, yeah. and he put that arrow through his mouth, and he had that yeah. sound. <laughs> yeah. I was hearing little, like, it would be kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've hunted my whole life, elk, deer, bear. Uh, I don't know any animal. Well, a bear can make that sound, but there's no way a bear would be around when I'm running my chainsaw. Sure. And then another day, I, I, I we got to work, and I went down there to where I always all, all my tools. I have a saw, a chainsaw with about a oh fifty two inch bars. We're in really big timber, mm-hmm. um, or a thirty eight inch bar. I got uh, let's see, I got my my rigging axe, which would be like a short hatchet that I used to knock bins out of blocks. Mm-hmm. And um, see what else do I got anyways all my tools I, I, I would hide them and so that my chainsaw wouldn't get stolen right and I'd always take my raking axe and chop it in the tree so it wouldn't get lost I just would chop it into a tree mm-hmm. it'd be about four feet up and it would hang there with the blade stuck in the in the bark okay uh, okay one morning I get down there and Brent this this floored me when I come down there and I see my rigging axe chopped in the tree probably eight to nine feet up the tree. I actually had to get a limb. I had to I had to get a limb to reach up and, and pull it out. Oh, man. And it was hard because it was stuck in the tree really whoever whatever did it, it really hit it hard. Man. It was not only in the bark, but it was stuck in the wood. Oh wow. It took me forever to get it out and at at this time by this time, I'm just thinking, what is going on? Yeah, wow. starting to get a little bit freaked out at this point. But I couldn't, I couldn't say nothing because of the, you know, you, you tell a bunch of loggers these kind of stories, you're going to get ridiculed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I kept it in and kept it in, and then uh, this all, this all happened uh, maybe around probably three, four days mm-hmm. at this point. Well, actually, about six days if you include the Skycar incident. Right. And then that kid quit. And then uh, there's a few other things I didn't mention also. Uh, oh, please. Well, when I called your show, um, I seen these, uh, when we would first get to work, it'd be a little bit dark. And at a distance... I would see these little tiny, probably about the size of a, about the size of a softball. Mm-hmm. And they were lights, probably three or four of them going through the, 
through the woods at about probably 200 yards away. Wow. Now, where I'm looking, there's no roads. There's no anything like that. Where, And it wasn't hunting season either. There wouldn't be flashlights out there. Mm-hmm. And there was snow on the ground. So at, the, at this time, there was snow on the ground. No, okay. Nobody would be up there. Right. And and it, these lights almost looked like they were kind of an intelligent design. They were they they had a purpose. Right. The way they were going through the trees, mm-hmm. and the way they were illuminated, they wouldn't they wouldn't like if they went by a tree, the light wouldn't shine on the tree, but it would just be like the illumination was going from the outside in instead of inside out. You oh, see what I'm saying? Sure, sure. It was just, uh, and the outline of, of these circles, lighted circles, was just very vivid outline. There was no fuzziness. Mm-hmm. It was just a very vivid outline with the light going in. And and everything would just get really quiet. Wow. Uh, I've seen these lights probably four four different times, and every time it happened, everything just went silent. Oh, really? And, they, and these, yeah, well, these, the, the times I seen the lights, I was up there on the, on my weekends working by myself. So there would be, you wouldn't hear any equipment or cha- other chainsaws running right. or any, anything like that. Wow. And uh, uh, these, these lights, they kind of went down over the hill and they just kind of, they'd be going away from me. Mm-hmm. And I and then it seemed like the further away they got, the the sound would slowly come back. You know, like you'd hear the birds and oh, okay. stuff like that. Right. And it it was almost like a like a it's really hard to explain. Almost like a static electricity mm-hmm. type type feeling. Right. Wow. And then that would that would slowly go away as they went <clears throat> as they went further down away from you. And uh, then there was then there was another time we have we we would carry a Motorola to- uh, walkie-talkie, mm-hmm. kind of a, a radio sure. for communications, and I would have one on my belt, and it would go into the to the yarder engineer, the guy that ran the giant winch, mm-hmm. he would be in it sitting in his cab of his machinery and he have a box that he could talk back to me and I could talk to him. Oh, okay. And then, and then also we had other forms of communication. Each piece of machinery had a CB in it so they could all talk to each other. And then also the third one was we had these things called talkie tutors that I wore on my belt. It looked almost like a pistol on a gunslinger. Okay. It hung down your leg, and then you would turn it. It swiveled on your belt. You'd turn it upside down and squeeze the trigger, and it would blow whistles. And each whistle would tell the yard engineer what what line to slack or what line to tighten as far as the, our cables oh. going across the canyon. Okay. And that's how we would move the wood by these whistles. <clears throat> and these whistles can be heard miles and miles away. They're extremely loud. Oh, okay. And 
each each one of these things the 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 Motorola radio, the talkie tutor, and the CDs, they all run on different frequencies. Sure. Okay. Yep. In order to operate. Mm-hmm. So there was one time, and this this was on the same job as that Skycar incident. There there was one time where on every frequency of every form of communication we oh yeah one other thing the the talkie tutor that blows the whistles mm-hmm. i could hold it upside down and talk into the bottom of it mm-hmm. and the yarder engineer could hear my voice oh okay so that was another form of communication but as as far as all three they all ran on different frequencies mm-hmm. and and at the same time all three frequencies started started getting static mm-hmm. like uh they just start going everything started going goofy oh and and now i didn't hear it because i because i was at that time i think i was running my chainsaw okay but the the yarder engineer mm-hmm. the shovel operator which is the one that loads the logs on the log truck and the the processor which is the the piece of machinery that that strips the limbs off the log. It picks it up and rips the limbs off the log. Okay. All three of these pieces of equipment have have at least two forms of communication in them, and they all heard the static, <laughs> and they all also heard like a a voice in a well. It'd be like something was having a conversation mm-hmm. in a foreign language. Oh, oh, through the frequency. Yeah, it, yeah, like a language that it was like almost the way they explained it sounded like the stuff I was hearing clear in the back end. Wow. Oh man, that's weird. Yeah, huh. and then um, that was that was another really weird thing, and. <clears throat> the reason why they had to talk about it is because they all experienced it. You know, (laughs) they, that was something they had to bring up. Sure. And when they took, when they told me that I never, to this day, I wish I would have said something about the things that I was experiencing in the back, but I never did. Uh And so we had, we, we hired a, our boss hired a, uh, a guy that could look at, look at this equipment for safety reasons because if anything like that's malfunctioning we we have to get it fixed right, right. off the bat sure. especially the the whistles because if you blow the wrong whistle yeah and he you know runs the line the wrong way somebody could get killed yes exactly wow because this job uh uh high logging is Probably it, it ranks right up there with underwater welding and professional firefighting as far as danger goes. It's very dangerous. Just and actually in like three three to four counties here in northwest Oregon, at least one logger dies a year. It's very dangerous. Oh sure. Wow. <laughs> and um so we got that fixed. Mm-hmm. And after it seemed like after it got fixed, that, that don't that only happened one time. But I'm kind of glad it happened because everybody on the crew experienced. You know, it wasn't yeah. just me experiencing weird stuff. That that kid seen something, mm-hmm. and pretty much all of the people that run equipment they heard something. Yeah, 
So that kind of made me feel like I, you know, it just wasn't me. Right. No, I bet you, you know, it must have been questioning your own sanity there for a while. I was, Brent. I, yeah. After 20 years of doing this, <laughs> and all of a sudden, all this weird stuff starts happening. Mm-hmm. I was really beside myself. Right. Wow. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com stores slash paranormal portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in that's really and, uh, yeah and the smell this when when i would be hearing this these these whatever talking mm-hmm. there would always be a smell and then shortly after shortly afterwards Everything would would get quiet, mm-hmm. just a real peaceful quiet, and that's ne- there's never silence like that. I mean, even the wind would quit blowing. It was strange. Wow. Now, did but, uh, can, can you describe that smell at all? What what was that like? It was like a like a just body odor. Okay. okay. Just a um, musky. It was nasty. Okay. Just straight nasty smell. It was very unpleasant. Okay. Um, and it was a very strong brand. Very, mm-hmm. very in your face. Almost like it was wiped on your upper lip type strong. <laughs> it just got, it seemed like it got in your nostrils and it wouldn't go away Jeez. for a long time. Yeah, that's intense. Wow. But, uh, yeah. Um then there was another time where I was up there by myself on a weekend. I'd be doing layouts for mm-hmm. the next road change. And the hallback is another line. We have a skyline, a hallback, and a main line. Well, the hallback is the line that the yarder goes, he, he goes ahead on it so that it can bring the rigging back to us. Oh. Well, the hallback, it's, imagine if you had, a rope tied to a tree and then to another tree. And if you took your hands on it and wiggled it really fast, mm-hmm. it makes a kind of a wow 
it, it goes to the other tree, kind of like people do in the wave, you know, oh. in a in a okay. in a stadium. Mm-hmm. Well, that that wow travels down the line. Okay. Well, this this hallback it weighs probably probably two pounds per foot. It's it's a seven eighths cable, mm-hmm. and it spanned across the canyon, and it would take enormous strength to grab onto that hallback and make a wow go across the canyon. You see what I'm saying? Oh, sure. Because of the tension. Well, yeah, I was about probably probably 100 yards down from where that hallback is tailholded to, and I heard a big crash above me, mm-hmm. and I looked up at the hallback, and something was up there making wow making we call them wows it making uh making the line move and it would and when it moves it just kind of travels along the line until it gets to the next sure. place where it's where it's held on to then it stops okay yeah it happened probably three times and i'm thinking to myself now the only way that could happen is if a tree fell over and i mean a big tree because mm-hmm. it would take a big tree to do it and hit the line well, I had to walk up there to make sure. I thought, well, maybe that crashed. Maybe a, a tree fell over and hit the hall back. But I'm thinking, but there was three different wows traveling through that line. Jeez. So there must be three trees that fell down. <laughs> so I walked up there and looked, looking around, and all of a sudden I got this strange, same same feeling like something's watching me. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, now, what is this? It's so strong, Brent, that I'm, I actually dropped my equipment, take my earplugs out. I'm looking around. Mm-hmm. And then I get that smell. Oof. And, and I look at the block and the strap that's around the stump, and the, the hallback goes through the block. Mm-hmm. There's no trees, nothing, nothing fell down, no trees down, nothing laying on the line. Wow. So something something grabbed a hold of that line and put its weight into it with both hands and and started rocking back and forth in order to get that line to wiggle like that and make wows go through it. Man. No no evidence. No footprints, no no evidence of anything being around there. Is it possible a person would be strong enough to do that? No way, okay. no okay. way. It would take, it would take, well, uh, imagine, imagine seven eighths to an inch cable mm-hmm. spanned a mile, well, half a mile across the canyon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it hooks onto a block and then the other end is hooked on to the top of that 90 foot tower. Wow. So imagine being a half mile away from that tower with the cable across and then try to grab it that line with both hands and try to wiggle it. Right. It does. If if you do it, you, it's you can barely move it back and forth. Maybe about probably three inches. That's about it. If okay. you lean back as hard as you can, it would move maybe three inches. Wow. Oh. And that would take enormous, enormous strength to Oof. even to do something like that. <laughs> Well, like I say, a tree would have to hit it. Yeah. Full-blown, falling, free-falling the whole way, bam, it would take a tree oh my to God. hit it. Wow. Uh, but there was no evidence of anything. 
And that was actually where that block was, where, where I thought that the trees might have fell down, mm-hmm. was right about, it was, it was actually at the edge of that same rock pit that I seen those footprints. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So that was kind of the same, the same area. <clears throat> now, in your mind, and, uh, in your mind, did you suspect this was a Bigfoot already? Well, I never, I knew about Bigfoot, but okay. I never really, I, uh, I, at this point, I really wasn't thinking Bigfoot. Okay. I, I didn't know what it was. Okay. I was thinking something paranormal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. not. Not necessarily Bigfoot. At times, I was questioning my own sanity. Yeah, I'll bet. Man, that's a lot of things uh, to experience. Wow. After all these years doing this, it, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. this one one area, all this weird stuff started to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really strange. It is. So where, um, what happened next then? Well, let's see what did happen next. Probably, well, there was there was one time that I actually I I got a visual of something. One time I had to during fire season when it gets really hot. There's <laughs> there's high chance of of forest fires, so we have to shut down at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. We can't run no chainsaws. We can't run any equipment. Anything with a spark plug has to be shut down at one o'clock. Okay. And lines move, and sometimes those lines rub across, rub against trees, and cause friction. Uh-huh. You, you just have to shut the whole thing down at one o'clock. Yeah. And then during the weekends, somebody has to stay up there on the landing with, uh, oh, probably a, probably. 3,000 gallons of water, well, maybe 5,000 gallons of water mm-hmm. in, a, in a fire truck tank, and they stand, and they stand fire watch. Oh, okay. That's basically, it entails, you just have to be there, mm-hmm. someone has to be there and watch out for a fire, okay. and you have a radio, you can call in direct if something happens. Well, I got chose for, actually, I volunteered for fire watch because it paid really good. Mm-hmm. So I stayed the weekend up there, and it's kind of nice just like a little camping trip actually <laughs> sure <laughs> and i i i had a, a they my boss brought a nice uh fifth wheel up there with tip out so it was really nice and whoever had firewatch got to stay in the fifth wheel for the weekend oh okay and uh oh it was about maybe three maybe two or three in the morning I started hearing that same exact, uh, uh, well, not really a whisper, just a, like talking from a distance away. Mm-hmm. I woke up to go to the, to the use the bathroom, and, mm-hmm. and I and nothing woke me up. I just woke up to go to the bathroom, and right as I was getting ready to go back to sleep, I heard this whisper, this talking. And it seemed it seemed to be oh I don't know maybe it seemed to me like it was about a hundred maybe fifty yards away mm-hmm. okay and it and this was during hunting season mm-hmm. uh, and uh, no it wasn't during hunting season because it was during fire season so it couldn't have been but for some 
anyway, I had my I had my hunting rifle with me. Sure. I probably just for probably just for self protection. I I brought my hunting rifle with me, which was a a, a, a Remington uh, seven millimeter Magnum, which is a really big okay. rifle. Mm-hmm. I had that with me, and at this point, I'd already heard this whispering quite a few times. Sure. And so I thought I'd bring my rifle. And sure enough, three in the morning, I heard these whispers. The first thing I did was I grabbed my flashlight and my rifle, and I loaded it up and opened the door and started shining this this flashlight around. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared. I mean, I'm really, really freaking out yeah. by myself, miles from anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I opened the door that the, the talking stopped and I, I could hear something walking probably about 50 yards out in the brush mm-hmm. walking. You'd hear s- sticks snapping. Sure. Now I've hunted my whole life. I've heard elk walk. I've heard deer walk. This is by, this is, this has got, it's bipedal. You can wow. hear the, the foot's crunching yep. and you could tell whatever, whatever the foot was, it had surface area. It wasn't a hoof. Okay. This thing was stepping with a big, a big leg and a big foot was stepping. You could hear it crunching. <laughs> wow. And I wasn't going to get out. I wasn't going to step off of that trailer doorway. I stayed, made sure I stayed in the trailer, but mm-hmm. I looked off. This flashlight I got is really powerful, and I shined it just up the hill from where I thought I heard the talking. And I seen this massive shape, uh, just black. As, it was blacker than the darkness. It was just black. <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy. It was so black that it actually stood out in the darkness. That's how black it was. Wow. Almost almost like, it was almost like a cartoon. It was so, it was so vividly black. Mm-hmm. You could see it perfectly. It, it was in the shape of a human. Wow. And probably... At that distance, it was, I couldn't tell you how tall it was. All I could say, it was massive. Sure. And very thick. <laughs> and it was kind of, it was kind of, kind of leaning forward, hunched over, leaning forward. Mm-hmm. And when it walked, it had a real, like a bounce to it, just a up. It would, when it would take a step, its head would go up. Mm-hmm. Then when the foot landed, the head would go down. Just kind of a a bounce gate as it walked. See what I'm saying? Sure. Yep. Kind of a bob up and down. Yeah. And, and it, I seen it take maybe four steps, and that was all I was able to see. But I did watch the four steps. I watched the head bob up, shoulders and head bob, which was shoulder and head seemed to be one thing. It didn't have a neck. <laughs> shoulders maybe, oh, probably four feet wide. Wow. That's enormous. And the chest was like, it looked like a 55-gallon drum, just massive. Yeah. And I watched it take four bobs up and down, and it slowly went over the ridge. Man, I, did, I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> oh, I didn't sl- I almost left, actually. I was so scared. But I, what would I say? That right. was the only reason why I didn't leave. I wanted, I wanted to leave so bad. Yeah, I bet. I sat, I sat in that trailer. I literally sat in that trailer. With my with my magnum between my legs, mm-hmm. 
loaded, locked and loaded, and I sat there on my bed and listened for well till till daylight, which would be probably three hours. I sat there and wow. listened. Yeah, that's intense. That's really intense. That's wild. Excuse me. I said that's yeah, really intense. Just crazy. Mm. Oh, that was. Um, yeah, that was really something else. Another. Uh, let's see. We talked about the radios. They mm-hmm. went goofy. Yep. Um, the last. I'm going to tell you about the 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 very last. The the big one was was it was just it was actually it was the day I I got hurt really bad working in the woods I broke my back I, oh, I fell off of a cliff and landed on my tailbone and and uh, <sighs> broke one of my vertebrae and threw a disc out ended up having to have surgery oh, but that pretty much ended my career logging mm-hmm. I wasn't I'm not able to do it no more but. Uh, the the day let's see it was about two days before I got hurt mm-hmm. I was in the back end by myself and I was carrying one of my blocks across to my next stump and I started hearing that that chat that chatter mm-hmm. that boring voice and then that all of a sudden you get this strange feeling like like something. Something is uh, watching you, and all of a sudden, this is the only time I ever heard anything like this, but it was a loud, in-your-face scream, and it seemed like it was coming from probably, at the same time, it it felt like it was right in front of you. Mm -hmm. You could hear it 100 yards away. Wow. It was like almost you were hearing the same sound right next to your ear, but yet you were hearing it a thousand yards away. I can't explain it, but it, I've never heard a sound that it'd be like hearing the same sound at two different places mm-hmm. e- equally. Wow. It was really weird. Mm. I heard the scream, and as soon as I heard the scream, everything went. Every, everything went almost like it was going in slow motion. And remember that static electricity feeling I told you about when I seen those lights? Yes. That hit very heavily. There was just like the hair on your whole body standing on end. <laughs> and it's like kind of a pins and needles static electricity over my whole body. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then I almost went kind of not limp, but I actually dropped everything that I was carrying and I bent over and I couldn't move. I think I might even went to one knee. I'm not sure. I I can't remember this, this one incident. It's so, it was so intense that it's almost like I can't really remember it fully. Right. Like it was almost like part of a dream or something. Oh, sure. But it it was, it wasn't a dream. This really happened. Yeah. That's Everything incredible. went quiet. That static electricity. Mm-hmm. And I and I when I was down on one knee, I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I, it was just almost like I was frozen. Like that scream had just paralyzed me. Yeah, like you got zapped. And, huh? 
Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in actually my i had blood coming out of my nose bro oh this, man this yeah a little bit of blood came i felt something dripping down my lip oh. after after i was able to move i wiped my nose and there was just a little tiny bit of blood right there and and it it slowly everything as as the whispers and the static electricity started to lift mm-hmm. as that slowly went away then I was slowly able to get back it was almost like I had a stroke yeah. I've never had a stroke before I don't yeah. know what it feels like but this was what <laughs> I thought was happening to me I thought I was having a stroke oh my god so you think you might have been uh, you might have been zapped then you've heard of infrasound right. Uh, I see, yeah, infrasound, mm-hmm. uh, I know that there's, uh, I know that there's animals that can do that. Yeah, yeah, there's like tigers Certain and elephants, animals. tigers and elephants, and, um, but, it, you know, people often describe this thing that you're talking about. Um, there's one lady that was on Sasquatch Chronicles, she was from England, but visiting the States, and she saw a family unit, and the male came up and got, I don't know, about, I assume about, I think she said about 50 feet away, and then it was, screamed at her, and she actually lost consciousness, and the next thing she knows, she woke up next to her car about a mile away, and was all, like, as if she was dragged, she was scratched up, and her clothes kind of tattered and stuff, but, uh, yeah, and, and she, it's, People have been calling that infrasound, and and it's I don't know that it's for sure infrasound, but whatever it is, it's like a it's like a sound weapon, and people when they experience it have have symptoms like that. Like many people talk about just being discombobulated and, and losing their balance, losing their equilibrium. Um, and yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly what it was like. Wow. But another thing, another thing that was there, Brent, was mm-hmm. the fear. Oh yeah. <laughs> the fear, the fear was, it was a different kind of fear, Brent. Mm-hmm. Not like, not like, I uh, say, like if you're in a car wreck and the car flips over, that's mm-hmm. that's a fear. Okay, sure. That's almost close to dying, or a fear that you go in the doctor's office and he tells you you got cancer, you got two weeks to live. That's that's scary. Sure. But yeah. this this fear, Brent, was in a whole different category. Yeah, this bet. was like an eternal, um, like an eternal fear. Right, right. Almost like it was. I've I've had sleep paralysis before. Have you ever heard of sleep paralysis? Oh yeah, I'm I'm very familiar with that. I went through a bout of it myself. Yes, I've had it three times in my life, and that that it was the same kind of fear. Mm. Just absolutely paralyzing fear. That was there, along with all this other stuff. Yeah. And the thing of it was, Brent, is when I'm hearing these, after the, after, right after the scream happened, I dropped to a knee, dropped all my tools, I'm frozen, I can't move my head around. Mm-hmm. 
and I start hearing that that foreign voice again, you yeah. know, very deep, very deep uh, voice mm-hmm. mixed with almost like a like almost like almost like you hear kids on a playground playing and giggling. Oh, okay. Okay, that was mixed in with that with that deep voice. Mm-mm. A little bit, a little bit. Of, if you turn the volume of the of the kids playing down just a little bit from the from the low voice, mm-hmm. that's what I was hearing. Wow! And not only was it coming from one direction, it was coming from different directions, all at the same, all at the same time. And I could not lift my head to move to see what was around me uh-huh. to defend myself. Sure. And that, and then all that fear, mm-hmm. all at the same time. That's intense. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. If I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have got hurt two days later, mm-hmm. I was seriously, seriously contemplating quitting and going to work for another company because <laughs> yeah. this, all this stuff added up, was getting to be way more than what I could handle. Right. Mm. No, I, I don't. I don't doubt that at all. And you know, it kind of. I mean, it kind of sounds like those dreams that you have every once in a while, and I'm not I'm not saying what you experienced was a dream, but uh, I think we can all understand that helpless feeling. It's like those dreams where somebody's coming after you and they want to kill you, but you you feel like you got pudding on your legs and and, and like you can't move. I've had those dreams. Yeah, yeah. it's very scary. Kind of like you're you're running through quicksand, mm-hmm. and you and you're trying to get away from something, just helpless. Yeah, exactly. What a horrible feeling. Wow. That was that was the final that was the that that was pretty much the final that experience that I just told you was the last thing I, I had experienced. But that that was the one, you know, with blood coming out of my nose and the fear I had experienced was more more than I could handle. Right. That I don't blame and, and keeping this keeping this stuff bottled up, yeah, for as long as I did, I don't, I don't think it was very healthy for me. <laughs> no, I'm sure not. Um, you, 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 that's got to be an intense situation because you were, I mean, there's a normal stress you were under, but then you were also being continuously confronted by the impossible and the and the unbelievable, and and you know still having to work in those conditions. So, man, my hat's off to you. Wow. It's what I don't understand is, is, you know, if, if these things are supposedly supposed to be out there mm-hmm. and they're, and they're supposed to be in the whole United States. So if they're in the whole United States, you'd think they'd be in any little section of any mountain range. Sure. Why is it that out of 20 years, five days a week, even sometimes weekends, me going up and spending eight, nine hours in the woods. Mm-hmm. Why is it that I only experienced it toward the end of my career? Is what I can't understand. Why didn't I experience things way back in the you know nineties sure. and mm-hmm. early early nineties and stuff like that? You know, I was it's, thinking that that same question. I was thinking about that when you were telling your story. It's like, why all this time been now? But and the only thing I can think of is. Maybe it was the location that was a, a very special location to them, you know? Like, maybe that was, uh, I don't know, sacred ground to them for some reason. 
and and they're like most in most places i think they'll just retreat out of it and they'll go somewhere else but maybe, mm-hmm. maybe there was something about this location that was for whatever reason and we can't possibly understand but for whatever reason that was a very important place to them so that they felt like they they weren't going to make it easy or or they were trying to discourage you guys but you know, it's, it's, that's the only thing I can think of, and 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 I can't claim to be right, and and even anywhere near correct. But that's just what it seems to me. It's like, why wouldn't they just retreat, like they 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 allegedly do in in any other case? And that's mm-hmm. that's just what I'm thinking. Is that land must have been somehow important? Maybe it was a maybe it was a, a nesting place, you know, where they they raised their young or whatever. Who knows? Maybe the youngins weren't able to travel yet or something. I don't know. It's just crazy. Mm. You know, one time, uh, this was uh, th- this was on a different this was on a different job, and this was years earlier. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as like the static electricity and the things going quiet and the smell and the chatter, I didn't experience that in my earlier, you know, years earlier in my in my career out there, but. Uh, I, there, there's some other weird things that happen, and one of them was when I was I, I, I fell timber for a while, and usually when you when you fall timber, you can only work for six hours a day by law because it's so dangerous, sure. and you always have to go out with two people. Okay. Well, and and we have these we have these whistles that if you do get hurt, if a tree lands on you or a limb. Mm-hmm. Limbs fall out of trees all the time. If a limb comes down and it's the size of a, you know, a, a fork or a spoon and hits you on top of the head, well, falling from that height, they can break your neck. Oh wow! Yeah. So you and, and we wear we wear uh, tin these tin hard hats. Have, have you ever watched that show Axman? I by any chance? I think I've seen. I mean, if not, yeah, I think I have. It's I, okay. Yeah. Well, basically, if if you ever want to see kind of what if you want a better picture of what I was doing just go on YouTube and type up Axman and, and that that was a show that was it was a kind of a documentary show that mm-hmm. that uh, did a reality show on loggers so okay. I basically would do, let you know what I was doing but anyways uh, <clears throat> one time my we, we we went down there and we have a strip my partner works a strip and I work a strip and that would put us about probably oh, anywhere from 50 to a hundred yards away. That way we're not falling trees on each other. Sure. Okay. So, but we're, but we're still, still far enough to away to where we can hear either a whistle mm-hmm. or you can hear the chainsaw running mm-hmm. and you have to shut your chainsaw down every once in a while to listen to the other guy's chainsaw to make sure he's not hurt. Oh, sure. Because you know you got earplugs in, and right? So you gotta you gotta make sure that the other guy's okay. Well, he he wanted he had to go up to the pickup. He his wife was pregnant, and he he left his for some reason when we would go over the hill and walk down to our strips to where the timber would needed to be cut. We didn't have cell service. Oh, sure. But yet, he, if if you were at the pickup where the pickup was on the logging road, there was cell service there. Oh, okay. So he 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 kept running back and forth. He could, you know, understandably, his child was being born that day. Nice. And uh, so he'd have to go up there and call or or see if he his wife had called or texted. Mm-hmm. 
the phone to see how everything was doing. Well, he, we had his pickup was up there and my pickup was up there. And I turned my saw off and I heard him up there. He goes, Hey, uh, I got, I got to take off because my wife is uh, going into labor. And I yelled up, all right, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh-huh. I heard his, I heard his pickup leave. And I, I had like two more trees to cut. Uh-huh. So I want, I finished them up. Otherwise I'd have to walk way up the hill, come back down the hill and do the same thing tomorrow. So if I finished those two trees off, I wouldn't have to do a lot walking. Right. So he, he had left and I started, I, I fell my last two trees and I shut my saw off. <clears throat> and I was, as I was hiding my saw, I would put some, cause it's bright orange. It's a steel chainsaw. Uh-huh. Uh, I was putting moss and bark over my tree and I heard, I, I heard my name, <laughs> my, my, my first real name. I could hear it being like yelled out. Oh, and I'm thinking, I, I, I actually, I go, I go, what really loud? What do you mean? I thought it was somebody. I knew it wasn't my, my cutting partner because right. he he left. Right. And, so I got up to the road to where my pickup was, and I, I called him on his phone and asked him, I said, was there anybody up there with you? He goes, no. I said, did you yell my name out? He goes, no, uh-uh. He goes, I'm almost to the blacktop. I'm I'm leaving the gravel road almost to the blacktop, <laughs> which was quite a ways down the hill. Sure. And, and, and again, this wasn't during hunting season. There would be nobody else up there. But yeah, I heard heard my name being you know, being yelled out, and Na- it was in a low, a low, low voice. The Native Americans always referred to them as the the great ventriloquists or mimics, and and so uh, and I've heard that a ton of times. Like, uh, uh, yeah, we had Linda Godfrey on the show on the live show uh, uh, last year, or year before, and she was talking about how her neighbor uh, she had some activity around her house, and she said her neighbor always used to go out on her patio on the deck in front of the forest and she'd always answer her phone, oh, hello, 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 like that. And she, Linda said one day she was out on her patio and down below into the forest, it was like a, uh, a kettle, they call them kettle, uh, like a kettle forest. They're these big, you know, forested, dense into the earth or whatever. She said down there, she heard, oh, hello, hello. <laughs> so it, it was mimicking her neighbor, who always answered her phone that way, and she said it just oh, blew her away. So, man. so yeah, I, I, that doesn't surprise me, man. Not at all. <laughs> that's that's weird. <laughs> right, right. But brother, you've taken us on an incredible journey, and I, I really appreciate you trusting us first and foremost to share your stories. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brent. I appreciate it. It's, uh, when I called the show the other night, I felt so much better after after we talked. It was like a weight was lifted off of me. Oh, cool! That's always great to hear. And and you yeah, know, I didn't. I, I hear that every once in a while. I'm not not real real often, but once in a while, I I hear that, and it makes me feel really proud because you know I want people to feel safe and to tell their stories. First of all, it's it's our kind of crazy anyway. You know, I mean, we love these stories. This is exactly what we're what we're looking into and exploring, but. You know, for you to have the courage to come forth and say, "Hey, this is what I well, this is what I've been through. This is what I've seen." And that's just amazing to me, and I'm I'm really seriously when I say I'm honored. I sincerely am because 
this is a part of you. This is a part of your experience, and and it means a lot yeah. that, that you chose our show. So thank you. And you know another thing, I I got to thinking <clears throat> that it's also kind of my it's kind of my responsibility to stand up and say something because these things are out there, Brent. Right. Yes. I I I I seen it. They're they're out there. Mm-hmm. And I know that they exist, and I think that the government's not telling us anything. Right. Yeah. We have to have we have to have each other's back by by warning each other that these things are out there. Now, I don't know how how violent they are. Right. Um, I know that they're awful. The things that they can do. Oh. The the things that they did to me. I mean, they're able to they're able to make me drop to a knee yeah. and be paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Somehow, and, some way, I know I didn't have a stroke. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and I think that that's that's very, very true and very profound. It's <clears> like people should have should be informed before they go exactly. into the, into the wild places. Going out there and thinking that you're just going to be frolicking with deer, you know, and, and all of a sudden you have a nightmare appear in front of you, and it's like, how do you how, how do you handle that? So at least right, people should right. be informed. At least people should know. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I also think that these things are very territorial. I I yeah. think that a, a lot of this stuff was we moved our machinery in there, we 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 cut the timber down, and every job is can be anywhere from thirty acres to a to two hundred acres. You know, these these are massive clear cuts. Wow! And it's it's basically would be like if somebody came and and smashed your house down. Right. I got to thinking that too. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe these things will kind of scare us off. Yeah. You know? I think so. Because, you know, generally, for the most part, these things choose to be unseen and not, not experienced. But every once in a while, they step forward. And in this case, several, several times. So it was definitely, they, they definitely were trying to encourage you to guys to move on, I think. But, you know, unfortunately, you couldn't. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. But you, you, you did want to... Go ahead. Oh, oh well, I, I was just thinking that uh, one of these times, I'm going to go back up to that job. Oof. And, okay. of course, by now, it probably looks all different because it's been replanted. Mm-hmm. And the reprod, which is, reprod is what we call baby trees. It's all been replanted. And the reprod, mm-hmm. the reproduction trees are probably, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe eight to 10 feet tall. Okay. So it all looks totally different. Sure. But the road, the road, just, the road is still there. Yeah. Now, I want to, I want to go back up there one of these times. Oh. I take my rifle, mm-hmm. take my rifle, take my dog and maybe take, take a good friend, you know, somebody that's close to me that, yeah. that I'm able to let know what happened, you know, someone that would believe me and just, I, I wouldn't want to go up there by myself. No, I, I agree. No, that's that's probably good, and it'll probably be very healing for you to do that as well. Because, yeah, I, uh, I want to definitely go back up there. And if I do, if, if if I do go back up there, I'll I'll call into your show one of these times. Please, yeah, I'd love to hear how that goes, man. Please and do. Just give you an update. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and being a part of it and adding to the body of, of uh, stories and experiences. I just can't thank sure. you enough. Sure. It was an honor for me to uh, to 
to have a safe, I'm just glad I got a safe place to, to tell the story and uh, oh, get yeah. it off my chest because this has been years and years of bottled up. Huh. <laughs> well, I, I'm so glad you did. And uh, I'm always here, brother. If you just want to talk or if you just want to bounce some ideas off of me, just, you know, fire me an email. I'll be waiting for it. And, sure. and uh, I'm here for you, man. Yeah, you bet. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Thank you so much. And uh, I will be talking to you. You bet. And hey, everybody out in that podcast, be safe. (laughs) Excellent, brother. Take care. You bet. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. you. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormalportalradio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormalportal, P-O-R-T-L, and uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, out, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>